the power of God has overcome that. The power of God has overcome heart disease and every other kind of disease. And the way I know that is because all sickness, all disease was laid upon the body of Jesus Christ. And when it was laid upon his body, he gained victory over all of those. What, like how Pastor Mark's in, you know, we just prayed for him over in, uh, on his way to Africa. And uh, <laughs> I love how he says it. When Jesus rose from the dead, he was not just overcoming rigor mortis. You know, when your body starts to get hard because you're dead, you know, like you're stiff, you get stiff. That's why they call them stiffs. He wasn't just overcoming rigor mortis. He was overcoming spiritual death. That because Adam and Eve sinned in the beginning, man was then born out of sin. And so had to be recreated. So he was overcoming spiritual death, but not just spiritual death. He was overcoming the debilitating disease and sickness in every human body, in every mutated form that could, the devil could try to corrupt and come up with. And when Jesus rose from the dead, he rose as a victor over heart disease. Amen. He rose as a victor over diabetes. He rose as a victor over... Um, Incontinence. He rose as a victor over no matter what the devil is trying to torment your body or someone you know with, Jesus defeated it. Amen. God through Christ put it in the grave. That it's no longer the eternal diagnosis or the lifelong diagnosis. There's another doctor on the scene. Amen. This doctor has another fact. The other ones have lots of opinions. But Jesus doesn't really have opinions. He has truths and realities. Amen. That's good. And the reality is, literally, he lifted off sickness and disease from mankind and that becomes reality in our lives when we trust God, look to God and say, I think I'll have what he had. Amen. <laughs> I'll have what he's having. You ever been in a restaurant and you look over and you already ordered and you're kind of like, ooh, I'd rather have what he's having or she's having. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He endured the cross. He endured the, the shame. He didn't even hold the shame in low regard. It says he despising not the shame. What does that mean? Well, it's a shameful thing to be crucified on the cross with robbers and murderers and thieves. That was the most shameful way to die. But Jesus, he didn't even despise the shame. He didn't hold it in low regard. Why? He understood that when shame came on him, righteousness came on us. Praise God. His shame is our righteousness. You understand? There was a great exchange. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Where do you go from there? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, Psalm 19, verse 9 through 11. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. In other words, every one of them is true and everyone is right and righteous. 
So, you know, like Psalm uh, 119, verse 128, I esteem your precepts above all else to be true, and I hate every false way. You ought to make that like the foundation of your approach to any situation in life. That, you know what, if I could just find out what God says, I esteem that above anything else. Even if my head doesn't understand it, if, if, if this is what God says, God says I was healed, my body says I'm not healed. If I was healed, how could I not be healed now? So I don't understand that, you might think. So I don't understand that if I was healed, then I would be healed now. You know, just keep thinking like that a little longer. Keep chewing on that. Just keep chewing on that a little bit. What'll happen? Well, uh, Romans 10, 17 will happen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. First, you have to hear it. And so uh, the way with me the Lord deals is I'll just, my attention, I'll just kind of be like, there's something there. Mm -hmm. Well, if I live a really busy lifestyle, how do I say that correctly? If I live under the pressure of busyness, I'll miss the voice of God and the direction of the Lord. Uh, the reason I had to correct that was because uh, uh, you ought to be busy. There, there, there's not a lot of time left on the earth. You're, the Bible says your life is like a fleeting mist. But you shouldn't live full of worry, full of pressure, full of all that. So you can have a lot to do. And I haven't found the quote. So if somebody has the quote, you would bless your pastor so much. If you ever find it, and give it to me. Of the general who said, the busier I am, the more I pray. In other words, the more I have on my schedule that day, I know the more I have to pray and get God involved in the situation so I can actually be effective at everything I'm doing. And that is so true, but your flesh does the opposite. Your flesh is like, I'm so busy, I'm going to spend a little bit of time in prayer, or maybe I'm just not going to pray. I'm going I'm to, you know, uh, yesterday will be good enough for today. And thank the Lord for his mercies. Amen. It's not so much that you, you know, you're not praying to get credit. Like, okay, because you prayed today, I will protect you. Because you prayed today, I will bless you. No. When you pray, you come into the presence of God and you become uh, conscious of his reality and his person. That he is who he says he is. That he can do what he said he can do. And it just affects you in your spirit. And when you do that, it puts everything else in proper perspective. So you don't make a lot of really bad mistakes. The worst thing here, and I've seen people do it, and, and I have uh, started to do it myself at times, and that is, well, you have to make like a life-altering decision. You got this job offer, you're going to move, you're going to do this or whatever, and, but you got a lot of pressure, and so you're just like, uh, okay, well, I'm going to do this, and your emotions get all involved, and your thoughts get all involved, and your spirit, you kind of give your spirit third place. Mm -hmm. You get your emotions, your thoughts are ahead of that. Well, that is the worst time. When you're making a big decision, you really need to be praying. You need to be praying in the spirit. You need to be praying in the understanding. You need to be yielded to the Lord so that you can follow the leading of the Lord. He said, I will lead you. I will guide you. You're not left uh, alone in the earth to wander around in the dark with like a seeing eye cane, like, oh, I didn't bump into that. I want to bump into that. I want to do that, you know. No, we have a guide on the inside. And Proverbs 20, 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. What are the inward parts of the belly? Well, 
you know, like the thoughts and the intents of your heart, the real you, like where, what, what you're really made of. I love that even Hollywood admits that you are not your body. Your body is not you. Like, you know, don't just love me for my body. So nobody here just love me for my body. <laughs> but everybody would think that. You know, whether you're young or you're old, you might think it more depending on, you know, uh, how you feel about your body. <laughs> well, uh, body, bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable in all things. So we're, we in, oh, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are the Lord's. So we're not to just ignore the body. And the body is a gift from God. And the body is not evil. The body is a gift from the Lord. I mean, it's your earth suit. You couldn't really function in this uh, uh, planet <laughs> without your earth suit. That's why Jesus had to come in the flesh. Well, one of the reasons, and also because we have flesh, and so he could overcome every challenge in our flesh, and then we could live in his victory. Amen. Right? <laughs> Everything he did, he did for you, he did for me. Uh, he did because of love. And so the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Every one of them. More to be desired are they than gold, yeah, than much fine gold, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. In other words, the judgments of the Lord, the word of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord are more valuable than any amount of money, and they are better than the choicest food that you could, you could ever eat. The best food you could find. The words of God, the precepts of God, the righteousness of God is more valuable. In Psalm 119, Verse 103, how sweet are your words to my taste. Yes, they're sweeter than honey to my mouth. Verse 72, the law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver. You realize, like, if you translated that into today's wealth, it's like, uh, I think, billions of gold and silver. Um, even though thousands would be a blessing too. <laughs> Their heart is as fat as grease, verse 70, but I delight in your law, verse 24. Your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. One translation says, men of my counsel. In other words, uh, where are you going to go to get counsel? Well, you ought to go to the word of God. Yeah. Proverbs says, actually, in the abundance of advisors, there's wisdom, but not if they're not godly advisors. So your testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. Verse 14, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in all riches. Now, nobody raise your hand, but if, if I said, uh, I don't know if you pay attention to the news, you know, it's graduation time frame, so I don't know if you saw this, I'm trying to remember, Moorhead, I think it was, Moorhead Morehouse. University, Morehouse, Morehouse, thank you, Morehouse. So uh, the, one of the Morehouse alumnus got up to speak, and he happens to be a billionaire at graduation, and so he's speaking. He's their commencement speaker, and kind of in the middle of his speech, you can look it up on YouTube or something, in the middle of his speech, just nonchalantly, he said, that's why my family and I are going to pay off the, any student loans that anybody in this graduating class of 2019 has. <laughs> they figure it's like $80 million worth of uh, a gift that he gave, right? So, if you walk out of here today and I said, like, Melody and I, well, which we're not, but <laughs> it'd be great if we could. We're going to give everybody $1 million as you walk out, tax-free. Thank you, Renaud. <laughs> what, what's the tax on that? I don't know. 
If we had it, we'd give it to you so the government taxes would be paid. You have a million clear. Yeah. Uh, the question is, now this is where nobody react. So would you rejoice more at that than you do the word? Right? So then that helps you kind of find out where am I at? <laughs> like how, how valuable is the word of God to me? Because the word of God, that, that million dollars, depending on how you spend it, uh, actually could be gone in a day. <laughs> or you could use it, invest, you know, different things like that. Tithe on it, of course. And, um, but that million dollars, no matter what you do with it, is not going to the next life with you. It is limited. And our life here is like a fleeting mist. T.L. Osborne used to say, I always got a picture of a man in a field with really tall grass, like maybe like four or five feet high, with a sickle, and just cutting down that grass. Because he's like, you only got one swath at life. Just make the most of it for God. He said, because uh, it'll be over before you know it. He said, just the other day, I was 19. He's telling us this when he was like 82. He's like, I don't know how in the world I got to be this old. Like, how did that happen? It happens so fast. And so uh, life is fleeting. But the word of God goes to the next. The word of God lasts forever. Amen. It's the most stable thing you could possibly find. And so people sometimes, they'll go with the word for a period of time, and then they'll kind of go off on their own, and then they'll, they'll, they'll come back. Or they'll say, you know, like, man, yeah, I need to get back serving the Lord, back with other believers in church. I, I used to do that. And their heart is actually hungry for that. But they've just been off doing their own thing. Well, more, uh, it's more to be desired than gold. Or any food. Well, how does that happen? How does it get produced in you if you, don't, if you don't feel that or you don't seem that or that's not how it is for you? Well, one of the best ways I know is you read scriptures that say your word is more precious to me than thousands of gold and silver and you speak that over yourself. You know, the more you speak that, it actually becomes a reality in you. If you want to hunger for something, you feed on it. Yeah. If you want to hunger, I'm going to upset my wife. If you want to hunger for a T-bone steak, <laughs> what would you do? Well, you would start to eat some T-bone steak. The more you eat it, the more you hunger for it. People, you look at this with sugar, it's real easy. Yeah. People get appetite for sugar, and then they want sugar, 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 sugar. <laughs> but you notice if you like stop eating sugar for 30 days, that a banana will almost make you want to pass out. Because it's intense. If you don't eat any of your sugar. <laughs> and so you feed upon the Word. I mean, a great secret to the Word of God is it is a seed. And it will produce after its own kind. Mm -hmm. So if you need healing, you probably shouldn't be meditating all the time on prosperity. Although prosperity includes more than finances, yeah. it also includes your body. So you could meditate on it that way. But I mean like just specifically like financial scriptures. Uh, you got to meditate on and feed your spirit on uh, where you're wanting to increase. And so if it's in your body then uh, you feed on healing scriptures. You find scriptures that cover your case. Why? That's what God has to say about it. Yeah. You, if you find out, if you could ever find out God's thoughts about it, what God has to say about it, yeah. and make that a part of you, well, then you'd have what God has provided. It's not automatic. It doesn't just happen because God loves you. If it did, you'd already have it. Because he loves you more than you can, your little mind or my little mind could comprehend. Amen. Actually, uh, Ephesians chapter 3 says it goes beyond the natural mind. Yeah. The height, the width, the breadth, and depth, yeah. which passes knowledge. 
you know, of, of the love of God, which passes knowledge. It goes beyond our knowledge. Uh, we can't quite comprehend it. That's why we esteem your precepts above all else to be true when we hate every false, false way. Okay, I'm trying to get to verse 11. Now we're there. Talking about the word of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. Moreover, verse 11, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. By what? The judgments of the Lord, or the word of the Lord, or the precepts of the Lord. By them, your servant is warned. In other words, you might just be happy-go-lucky, going, going along in life, everything is going well, and, but you read the word, and you find out, whoa, there's a warning there. In other words, what happens if there's a warning? Why is, why is there a warning sign when you come to a construction zone? Or if you're going the way you used to always go and the bridge is out because they're making a new one. And there's a warning sign that says bridge out. Why? That's to protect you so that you don't just mindlessly go down the road. I know nobody here probably has mindlessly driven down the road and thought, I don't remember if that was a red light or green light I just went through. <laughs> right? So what? By the judgments of the Lord, we are, as children of God, we're warned. So what's a warning? It's so you can avoid the pitfall. You can avoid the danger. You can avoid the death. You can avoid those situations if you heed the warnings. And in keeping them, there is great reward. So there is great reward in keeping the precepts of God and following God. The world doesn't tell you that. Actually, the world tells you there's deficiencies. You're going to miss out on life. And, well, don't you want to experience everything? And don't you want to test drive before you buy a car? And, you know, you just have to know all this stuff. But no, in keeping the precepts of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord, there is great reward. Great reward. Uh, Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace... In believing, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. That you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. So, you know, we've kind of been doing this series on um, speaking and faith. And so, how can you tell if you are in faith, quote unquote, in faith. If you're acting in faith, if you're actually trusting God, how can you tell? Well, one of the main ways you can tell is uh, you have joy and you get thrilled with what God said. You get thrilled with the word. That's when you know you're acting in faith. What would that be? Well, that would be like, um, I don't know. What do you like to do? If somebody likes to uh, uh, go water skiing, let's just say. And uh, you have tomorrow off, mm -hmm. but you have no way to go water skiing, but you have a truck, and somebody said, I'm going to give you a brand new ski boat. And tomorrow, I got it arranged, you can come pick it up at 8 o'clock in the morning. And then I, I got, I've got, I'm going to pay for all the gas, I'm going to pay for everything, you can go get it, you can take it to the water, you can go water skiing, do whatever you want to do. Well, if you really wanted a ski boat and you like to ski, you might be like, oh, that's great. Yeah. What are you going to do? Get up. Yeah. You're going to get up. What are you going to do tonight? You might be like, well, maybe I'll go to bed earlier tonight because uh, uh, it's a day off, but eight, like a ski boat and I get to keep it and this is going to be great. So what? 
you have expectation. So maybe you'll pick out your swimsuit or whatever, you know, go get a towel, get a swimsuit. If you don't have one, whatever you're going to do, figure out what you have, uh, what you need to do. But you're going to be what? Excited. Like if I told my kids that, like, hey, we're going to go water skiing or something like that, they would just be like, ah! And they would not really sleep that well. No. Why? Well, they believe what I say. They have a confident expectation. So like, it's as good as done. So this is what A.B. Simpson was talking about when he was, you know, uh, had trouble in his body and he needed healing. And so he meditated for two weeks on every healing scripture till the word of God became more real to him than what he felt and saw in his body. And at that point, he made a declaration and said, I am today taking Jesus as my healer, just as I have already, already taken him as my Lord. And I don't know at that moment whether I felt any better at not or not, but I knew he had it in his hand. So what? He was pretty happy. He's like, this is great. Why? Because he knew God enough to know that if God gets it in his hand, I have nothing to worry about. Well, faith and worry don't coexist anyhow. So as soon as you turn it over to the Lord, there is no more worry. You're not full of anxiety. You're not, well, man, what am I going to do if this doesn't happen? And how's it going to work out? You're trying to figure out, you know, we're the believer. God's the one that performs it. And so it's not really up to us how God performs it. It's up to us to believe God. In other words, this is what God said. So if he said it, it is true, and it has to come to pass. So faith always has a good report. Faith doesn't have a negative report. Faith always has a good report. Well, that doesn't mean you don't say, like, you know what happened? Uh, a friend of mine got in this really bad accident, and, you know, well, that's a bad report. Don't say that. No. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Uh, you cannot conquer something if there's nothing to conquer. So in the world, you'll have trouble. So things will come against you. Things will come against me. They have come against me. Uh, I'm not making a negative confession, but they will come against me again. And if I don't act in faith, I'll have whatever uh, the world says I'm going to have. Yeah. But if I act in faith, I don't have to have what the world says belongs to me. I can have what God says belongs to me and what Jesus Christ himself has paid for. It's already paid for. Yeah. Somebody said one of the worst things about going to hell would be finding out that you didn't have to go there. So when you think about what you are uh, trusting the Lord for, you have a confident expectation. So you're confident. You're like, oh, this is going to be good. This changes everything. What happens? That's why people start to change their plans, change what they're doing. Because why? They have prayed and they believe that God heard them. They know he heard them. Because why? They prayed according to his words. If you act according to his words, he will perform it. Let's look at Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55, verse 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. Remember, we're talking about speak. What happens when the Lord speaks? Words come forth out of his mouth, right? So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void or empty. In other words, you have to give an account for every word you speak. 
And every word that God speaks is not void. It's not empty. Sometimes we may speak kind of an empty word. We think it's empty at least. Words are containers. And so he said, so will my word be. So what? What does that mean? Well, I guess I have to give some context. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Verse 10, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and returns not there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth Bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my words be that go forth out of my mouth. Whoo! His words are seeds that bring forth bud and fruit. And wow, okay. It, 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 shall, it shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please. It will accomplish that which God pleases. He's like, this is why I sent it. Like, if he looked on you and he saw that you just had this diagnosis of cancer, that you're going to die in three months, then he said, you know what? This is exactly why I sent my word. I sent my word to accomplish, and it will do it. It's not void. It's not lacking power. In fact, my words are so full of life that if you connect with them, they will annihilate sickness and disease. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Hallelujah. Funny, I brought a cough drop. <coughs> well, I take authority over that in Jesus' name. <coughs> Devil always tries to steal your voice <laughs> in some form or another. There's one in my bag. <coughs> so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void. But it will accomplish that which I please. Yeah. Voice should come in line in Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for healthy voice. Yeah. Thank you, Father, that I can speak and uh, it doesn't even straighten my voice. <coughs> yes. That the stripes of Jesus even healed me. Hallelujah. 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 Sometimes you have an attack like that out of nowhere. Because I was not having trouble speaking. Speaking. Praise the Lord. Uh, it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing that I sent it to. I have to try to chew this real fast now. <clears throat> this is why you have to find the Word of God on your situation. You can't balance, and I can't balance the words of God with the words of man. Because men are liars. I'm not coming up with that on my own. Jesus said that. <laughs> <laughs> Let God be true and every man a liar. And so 
the truths of God don't equal the thoughts of man. The truths of God go beyond the here and now. So what's the here and now? Well, the here and now is like, uh, you know, they're saying, <coughs> we expect, they were expecting T.W. to die, the, the paramedic or whatever. They're like, we haven't seen anybody in this condition. It's going to be, and if he does recover, it's going to be like really, really bad. Those are the words of the here and now. Yes. Those are the words of probably an experienced paramedic or doctor or whoever gave that diagnosis. Yeah. And their experience is with human bodies apart from, for the most part, apart from the supernatural power of God touching those bodies. Because most people don't uh, receive healing from the Lord because most people don't even realize that it is a possibility, that it exists. They think that was just a, you know, at one time, if they even believed the Bible at all. So they're dealing in what they know, but we know more. I don't know more, like, I don't know what medication to give you or how to stitch you up, and I don't even, could, I'd pass out probably from the blood. <laughs> if you know me well, you know that's very true. And so, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So will my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish the thing which I please, and it will prosper in the thing that I sent it to. Yeah. So in your life, what does the word say concerning the challenges that you face? Because if you can find the word on it, that is not void and it is not empty. And it will, it will accomplish what he said it would. How does financial increase come in the body of Christ? By giving and sowing. In faith. I shouldn't, I, you, you have to add that. For me, it's like a preconceived idea that when you sow, that is an act of faith. Otherwise, you're just throwing. It's good to give, just to give. But if you're conscious of what's happening, mm-hmm. that number one, I'm obeying God. Mm-hmm. That number two, I'm giving because I love God. That number three, when I act in obedience with what he said, I will get what he promised. Mm-hmm. So when I sow, multiplication is mine that moment. Amen. It belongs to me. And it's just a matter of my, uh, me keeping my mouth lined up with what God's mouth spoke. Because the word was spoken so it could be written. So what God said concerning finance... Because if I sow a seed in faith, and then I'm like James said, uh, I waver. I'm like a wave of the sea driven and tossed. What does that mean? Well, man, if you've ever been out to sea, or even we were with the pastor in Michigan one time, he took us out on a lake, and it was a, a long lake, but it wasn't really that wide. I mean, maybe, I don't want to estimate how wide it was, but I probably will. 500 or 1,000 feet wide. It wasn't real wide. But man, a sto- we were on a little uh, pontoon boat, and a storm whipped up. And it must have come like the l- lengthwise of that lake, because it was probably miles long. And man, we're like getting like four or five foot waves overtaking that little pontoon boat. And I started, first I was like, it's no problem. You know, it's just a little <laughs> storm coming. We're, on, we're, not, we're like a couple hundred feet from shore. And then you start to think like, um, hmm, maybe we ought to pray. <laughs> This could be more serious than what I thought. And so uh, we made it back fine. 
And, um, um, but the waves like that, they, you can't tell which way they're going to go. Like, oh, it's this way. Oh, now it's this way. Now it's this way. Now it's this way. Now it's this way. Like, it's not like a calm day. They're just coming in the same way every time. You're like a wave of the sea driven and tossed. Just tossed to and fro, tossed to and fro. Um, that's if you ask and you don't ask what? In faith. You don't ask in believing. Well, how is that? Hallelujah. Never saw it before. So it's because if you don't ask in faith, you have no stability. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. As soon as you know this is what God said about it in your heart, not your head, but your heart. Yeah. I mean, think of who God is, of his character, of his power. And he said it's this way. Yeah. And now, not even on your own. I mean, you, you meditated in the word, but he revealed this to you. This is a reality. And you see it for what it really is, a glimpse of it even for what it really is. Well, you're going to ask in faith. You won't be wavering. Why? You got a word from the Lord. You saw by whose stripes I was healed. And you saw, wait a second, I was healed. Wait a second, I was healed. Do you know I was healed? The difference between revelation of that scripture and head knowledge of that scripture is basically uh, when you have head knowledge, you'll say, do you know First uh, Peter 2.24 says, by whose stripes you were healed? And if you have revelation, you'll say, do you know, 1 Peter 2.24 says, by whose stripes you were healed? <laughs> you might have a little different tone, but pretty much you say the exact same thing. <laughs> and you look at it and you're like, it wasn't that full of life before. Yeah. Like I saw it, I read it, but, 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 but there's, some, there's substance there. Yeah. There's something to that. Yeah. It's real. Why? Well, that is the Lord shining the Lord will light my candle, yeah. Psalm 18. He will enlighten my darkness. Mm -hmm. So you can read the word and it can be darkness to you because you're not reading it with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And you can read it without the Holy Spirit even though you've asked and prayed, but you haven't prayed in faith. Lord, uh, guide me by your spirit as I read or teach me. Why? Well, because you didn't pray in faith, actually trusting that. Well, if you trust it, you're going to be excited about it. Mm -hmm. You're going to act like it. You're going to have that expectation. So, what happens? Well, you read the word, and you, when you read those words, they could just be natural words to you. Mm -hmm. And you approach them from the natural mind. Especially if you've heard something like that before. Mm -hmm. Right? Religion, religion will just tell you why this can't happen, and that can't happen, and this, and this, and this, and why this doesn't actually mean what it says. <laughs> well, if those thoughts have not been... Uh, destroyed and completely really transformed into the life of God which is Romans chapter 12 be transformed by the renewing of your mind then even when you read those the word of God it will not be the life to you that it actually is because you're not reading it and listening from your heart you're doing it from your head natural human knowledge but at least you're reading it and if you do it long enough, you better be careful because uh, revelation will come. Because you chew on it long enough, even in your mental state, you can go search this on, uh, online. People try to disprove the Bible. I'm going to set out to prove that the Bible's a lie. Mm -hmm. And like almost every time, if they're honest people, yeah. uh, they become Christian. 
I love those guys. <laughs> Hallelujah. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me void, but it will accomplish that which I please, and it will prosper in the thing that I sent it to. So you know that you're believing God because you're full of joy. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you enjoy uh, the process. It doesn't even mean that you're happy. But it means that you're full of joy. Because happy can just be like an emotion. Like I feel happy, I feel sad. No, but you have this confidence on the inside that no matter how I feel, I know what God said. Yeah. And I know because he said it, I don't have to make it happen. There's no pressure on me. The only thing I have to do is fight the fight of faith, which is the fight to continue to trust God instead of all these other things. When all these other things try to come, they try to come like a flood many times. And so you have this happen, this happen, this happen, this happen. That is all to knock you off of faith in God so that you will have faith in something else. You'll, you'll start putting your trust in something else. What will you say? Well, time. Well, it's been so long. How come? Well, I don't know if I want to get into that. Okay. Uh, um, so that you'll, you're expecting you know, the Lord to settle up every Friday. Well, I have to say it because I said that, I guess. But you know, we're not like talking about healing in that. Financial things sometimes take longer. Healing, you ought to be instantly healed or you ought to begin to amend. Right? Yep. Doesn't mean like you go and you, you pray for yourself, you have someone else join you in prayer, or agreement. It doesn't mean that sometimes you don't see instant progress, but you have a knowing in your heart, like uh, Simpson did actually. The Lord has it, it's taken care of. But then within a, a reasonable period of time, uh, you, you'll actually see it show up in your flesh. And if you don't, uh, that's when you turn to the Lord. <laughs> Kenneth Hagin said, uh, you know, he was raised off of, the Lord raised him up through Mark, him standing on Mark eleven twenty three and 24, whoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and doesn't doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he says will come to pass. He'll have whatever he says. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. He always said, well, I desired a well body. He says, so I didn't know healing scriptures were in the word of God, but you can get to healing right there because what things soever you desire. He said, so I desired healing in my body or I desired a well body. And so uh, long story short, he got revelation of that scripture, stood on it and was healed of incurable diseases, paralysis. He was paralyzed and uh, he was completely healed and restored. He said later, uh, like sickness and disease, if it would ever try to come on me, sickness, he said, I, I would just say, Oh, no, I believe I receive what things whatever I desire. He said, but if I would do that and the symptoms didn't begin to leave or immediately leave, I'd start checking up. Okay, Lord, where am I missing it? Because I know you're not missing it. Where am I missing it? So then the Lord would say, oh, make this adjustment. And make an adjustment. He said, within 10 minutes, always within an hour, I was completely well. What does that mean? That's the whole series we're talking about. In other words, Mark eleven twenty three and 24 is true. But maybe you stand on something, scripture that the Lord may reel to you at one time. And um, 
if you, but your symptoms are not changing, say, for physical healing, what's the Lord saying? Like the dean at Ramah, Gary Crowell, he's like taking, speaking authority over his wife's body and command that thing to go and nothing happened. While he's speaking the word of authority on the inside, the spirit of the Lord was saying, anoint your wife with oil. But he was saying, no, I know better than that. I'm not saying, you know, we all do that. <laughs> he's a wonderful man, missionary in China. <laughs> and so the next day he's like, well, I guess maybe I should anoint her with oil. That's kind of been in my heart since yesterday. She was instantly healed as soon as he anointed her with oil. Well, is the believer's authority true? Yeah. Is anointing with oil true? Yeah. But you got to be led by the Spirit of God. So the Lord will lead you and guide you and direct you, and he'll make uh, his words real to you. He'll draw your attention to certain things. Stand with me, if you would. If you're here this morning and um, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, I'd invite you this morning to know him. Uh, you don't get to be in the family of God and the kingdom of God or you don't even get to heaven because you do good things, because you have good thoughts, because you try to do your best in every situation, uh, because you're a giver, because you give a lot of money. You actually get to be part of the family of God when you accept his son, Jesus Christ, as Lord, when you take everything that he did as your access to God. If you're here this morning, you'd like to receive Jesus, to so slip up your hand. I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. Secondly, if you're here and you have been, uh, you lived for the Lord at one time, but you kind of let the world creep in and take over, and um, I'm talking like a lifestyle. Like you kind of chose, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm just going back, living for the world. And you know this morning that you need to come back to the Lord. You need to make a public confession that Jesus is your Lord and you're going to follow him. If that's you, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you and I want to pray for you. Make sure you slip your hand up so I can see it so I don't miss anybody. Hallelujah. Thirdly, if you're here this morning and you've never been filled with the Spirit, you'd like to be. Slip up your hand and I want to pray with you and for you. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that you sent to us that your words are not void, but you, your words contain your very life, your very nature, the conquering power, resurrection power in every situation that would try to dominate us. Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice that in our lives, areas where we could come up higher and we could allow you to do what only you could do in greater ways that you would even open our eyes to see things that we're not even aware of where we're living below what the blood of Jesus paid for in our lives. We thank you for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Hallelujah. The eyes of our understanding being flooded with light. We just declare, Father, that we are your children. We have been born again, filled with your Spirit, healed by the stripes of Jesus, set free by your power. In Jesus' name, amen.